Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. All right, everybody, we want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is June 19th, 2023, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this hour is the journey, which is our weekly discipleship hour. And this hour, we are gaining new insights into the Watchman Call. This session is being taught by Deborah Boggs. Deborah is one of the leaders, a great leader in the USA Watch, among other, many other things that she does. The title of this session is Watchman Preparation in the Wilderness. And Deborah, I'm going to just speak a blessing over you and then we'll turn it right over to you. Thank you. I just thank you for Deborah. I just bless her in the name of the Lord. We're just so honored to know and be have worked with Deborah in the past and looking forward to working with her ongoing now and into the future. We just thank you, Lord. We just declare over you God's favor that surrounds you as with a shield, Deborah. And, and we just say, may God give you wisdom every day, wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. May you have renewed strength every day that, that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And may you have, we just declare over you that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that God will bless you in every way, that there will be no sickness, no tragedies, know that you'll have plenty of provision for the days ahead. And great, I just say, may the joy of the Lord be your strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, I'm getting some strange kind of feedback yeah. don't know where yeah, you going. are i don't know what's going on but it i just wanted to let you know that there's something weird with your mic is that coming from my my i think my... so it's mine like that is everybody oh. muted i think so yeah i heard it I too but i don't hear it now fred I just wanted to say one one more thing about Deborah for everybody to orient you. But Deborah, we've worked with her for a number of years on the USA Watch, and she's a tremendous leader with very prophetic, keen insight. But I think the thing that I think about most often with you, Deborah, is you've got such a solid understanding of Hebraic roots and bring that always to the table. So we're really excited that you've taken this time to share with us tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is for you. But so welcome, welcome, Deborah, welcome aboard. Thank you. <laughs> I'll turn it right on over to you. Okay, thank you. We'll, we'll get into worship in just a minute. I just wanna thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be and asked to, to share what's on my heart and prayerfully it's an encouragement and helpful for everyone here. Before we get started and get into worship, some of you probably know, especially if you're in the United States, it's still Sunday here and it's Father's Day. And I just wanted to take a moment and honor the spiritual father to the Global Watch family, Dr. Fred Ralph. And I just want to honor you, Fred, and we're just grateful for you and the wisdom you bring, the compassion, the insight, the humor, oh my gosh, dry humor, 
and bringing a laugh just when we need it. <laughs> we all need that. But the word says that we would have, I think Paul said, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And we need godly fathers. And so I just wanted to take a moment to honor you and happy Father's Day. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you. I receive it. I receive uh -huh. it. And let's go, let's just go into worship and then I will, I'll introduce my topic and I have some slides and everything. Yeah, let's do that first. Amen. And amen. Lord, we love your presence. We thank you for your presence among us, with us, in us, through us. Father, I thank you for this time together and I thank you for that which you want to share that which is on your heart father so i pray let your words be in my mouth and that each one would receive what you have sent for them this day this night this afternoon we bless you in jesus name hi everybody you get my slides pulled up and so as sue uh, mentioned in the introduction if we can see this I'm going to turn off, hold on. I'm going to turn off my camera. Can I do that? Yeah, just it helps with the bandwidth and stuff, but hopefully that's okay. So the title of this is Watchman Preparation in the Wilderness. And I am going to touch on the, the new month, the Rosh Kodesh, for this particular month we're coming into. But just as by way of introduction, I shared a little bit on this topic. I gave a devotional during our recent Israel trip, and it was actually, it was during the period of time we were literally in the desert. We were in Jordan, and we traveled all the way south through the desert, made some stops, but we traveled all through that desert. We crossed back over into Israel, the southernmost point and Elat, and then we went all the way back up through the desert of Israel. So we were literally in the wilderness when I felt the Lord just prompt me to give this devotional, share some insight and some of this. Thank you, Sue. Just honor me by your, what you said, but I have had some amazing teachers who have really poured into me in the understanding of Hebrew roots. And I feel like I just barely understand much at all, but, but it does bring a richness to our understanding of the scripture and even where we are today. All that to say, I, given this opportunity, I wanted to just expand a bit on this topic of watchman preparation in the wilderness. And I want to, what I want to do, sometimes when we hear the word wilderness, we think, oh, yay, great topic, really don't want to talk about that, I've been there, done that. And part of what I want to do is, I think in our Christian culture, and this isn't everybody, but sometimes we think wilderness and we only think of the negatives because let's face it, it is a hard time. It's a difficult time, dry time, all of those things. I'm not diminishing or dismissing it at all, oh, yeah. but we, but we tend to think of that or we think God is not present. God is distant. He's silent. He's doesn't care, whatever lies the enemy wants to put in us. So what I want to do here is reframe a little bit of the understanding, maybe a fuller picture of what it means to be in a wilderness season, because I know we've all been there. I'm, there may even be some on this call. You're walking through one right now. And if you are, I just bless you to just receive what the Lord has for you as an encouragement in the midst of it. 
And then we know when there will be future wilderness seasons, it's just a part of really of being human. But as those who walk with God, there's a richness that we can really walk in here. So enough said, let's start with, okay, can I get this to go? There we go. Okay. So let's start with a word study because that's what I like to do. I hope you can see this because I've got the little screen share thing at the top. Maybe that's just because it's me. It's fine. It's great. Can you see it? Okay, great. Thank you. I just, yeah, great. So I want to start with just an understanding of what the word, the Hebrew word means in the text and the word for wilderness. And those of you, I know there's people on here who speak Hebrew fluently, you're Hebrew scholars. And so give me grace for my pronunciation, please. It's Hebrew is midbar. And the Strong's number is there. And a basic definition is wilderness, desert. And interestingly, also it means mouth having to do with speech. So that's, you're going to see how that's connected in a minute. So when we are looking at the meaning of Hebrew words in the text, and we want to bring, we want to really understand the meaning, we want to go to the root word of a Hebrew word. And the root word of midbar is daver, I think is how you say that. And there's the Strong's number. And really interesting that the word daver, the root word of midbar, some of its meanings are to speak, declare, converse, command, promise, warn, sing. And it often refers to divine speech, meaning, meaning the God speaking, uh, the words from his mouth. And it's also related, I think the same letters can be used to spell the word, I think that's how I understood it, medever, one who speaks. So it's referring to the act of speaking, but the kind of speech even. So the wilderness and, the, and this word is connected. And here's just a little fun fact. So my name is Deborah, and in Hebrew, Devorah, and the root word of, and that means bee, like B-E-E, -E, the insect. And the root word of Devorah is Davar, Davar, I think is how you say it. So even it's interesting if you think about the prophetess Deborah and what she, she spoke, she prophesied, she sang, right? And you think about the implications even for the Deborahs of our generation and who we are called to be. And that's not just women, but the Deborahs to speak the word of the Lord, declare it, promise, warn, sing, all of those things. I just think that's interesting. Like I said, fun fact. So this word, midbar, wilderness, the root is davar, which means word. So this is a little takeaway here. The wilderness comes directly from the word. Being in the desert is akin to receiving the word. Or to be more precise, the wilderness is where the word of the Lord is tested in us. And this, this quote here is actually from a team member who shared this on our trip. And I didn't ask if I could quote her. I didn't get her permission. So I just put it in here, though. In the wilderness, our yes to God will be tested. So... As I said, the presence of God, a lot of times we tend to think he is far off and not there, but he is actually very present in our wilderness. And it feels it like, again, I don't want to make light of a wilderness season. I'm not dismissing or diminishing it. Trust me, I'm not. But in the scorching, in the dryness, in the pressing, in the exhaustion, all of those things that are real experiences, 
I want to encourage you, though, God is not distant. He's not silent and he's not uninvolved. The wilderness is actually where God is very near. And I'm sure there's a lot of you that have testimonies of this. I'm not the only one just saying this. And I have experience of this very thing myself. And speaking of me, here's me. <laughs> this, was, this was actually, this was back in 2015 on a trip I took to Israel. And I was actually going through a very difficult, pretty long wilderness season in my personal life. And things were definitely difficult. And I was walking through a wilderness season and I was actually, here I am, I'm in the Southern desert in Israel near Timnah. So here's me, here's Devorah in the wilderness, receiving the Devar, the word of God in the wilderness. So I'm just saying, I can look back on that time and really see how God was present. Even if sometimes in the moment, it doesn't feel that way. So there's just a little fun thing. So the tangible nearness of God in the wilderness, his presence isn't just a concept. It is a tangible expression of his nearness to us in this dry and weary land, as the song was saying. And these are just a few, this isn't exhaustive, but this is just a few examples of the tangible nearness of God. And these are taken from the scripture. And some of these, have a, they all have spiritual application for us now, of course. A few examples of the tangible nearness of God, his presence, the fire by night, the cloud by day, the tabernacle in the wilderness, when the, when God, where God dwelt among his people, literally in the wilderness, his voice and his spirit speaking instruction, correction, comfort, warning, all of those things. And of course, we have the Holy Spirit in us. So how much more do we get to experience that nearness and presence in our wilderness seasons? We receive food and provision. And in the Bible, there was manna and there were what I call angel cakes, what the angel prepared for Elijah. There is his word, Deuteronomy 8.3. Let me just, uh, let me just read that. This is saying of God, he humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So here it is again, connecting the wilderness with the mouth of the Lord and Matthew 4, 4 is Jesus repeating, he's quoting Deuteronomy 8 that verse about when he's tempted by the devil in his wilderness season. There's water from the rock. There is living water. And we have, we know rivers of living water in us by the spirit, but this is talking about making desert, sorry, streams in the wasteland and all of that imagery in Isaiah. And then there are En Gedi's. That's, if you know where En Gedi is, it's a, it is literally an oasis in the middle of the Israeli desert. And it's close to Masada, but it's, it's lush, it's green. There are huge waterfalls. It's a place of refreshing. David wrote about it in the Psalms. And speaking of David, the Lord's presence, his tangible nearness, he comes to us as a refuge and a fortress. There's literal caves in the desert and strongholds and God is our fortress and our strength. And then there's hospitality and protection, sometimes unexpected hospitality. And sorry, Shirley, last week shared that photo you might remember if you were on the call 
of the, our Bedouin bus driver and our Jordanian guide named Moses. They pulled us over. We were going through the desert in Jordan. We pull over on the bus. We don't know why we're stopping. They run into this restaurant. They come back out with this big giant sheet of freshly baked Bedouin bread. So we literally were fed manna in the wilderness by Moses, through Moses, I should say. <laughs> but Bedouin and desert hospitality is extremely biblical, very strong in, the, in that culture. And then Psalm 91, of course, is that covering that when we abide in his shadow under his covering, that no harm comes to our tent, that he is our protection in the wilderness season. So this is Psalm 73, 28. This is, says the nearness of God in the wilderness is our good. And this is a Bedouin, Bedouin shepherd, which I love this picture because of course it reminds me of Psalm 23 and a lot of other things, but Psalm 73, 28 says, but as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. I have made the Lord God my refuge so that I may tell of all your works. So the nearness of God in the wilderness is our good. We learn how to trust his leadership more than we already do. We get to go deeper in intimacy with him as we submit to the process of refining and testing and humbling. And the scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 15 and 16, and I just quoted the very end of it. But let me read this to you because this, like I said, this to me helps to reframe the purpose and the heart of God for our wilderness seasons. Deuteronomy 8, 15 and 16. He who led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and its thirsty ground where there was no water. He who brought water for you out of the rock of flint in the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. So there is a purpose. There is a purpose and it is a good purpose. And down here on the bottom, I wrote this, the humbling, the testing and the refining are costly. And Shirley spoke on that so eloquently last week and talking about the cost of the Elijah calling. But for Abba, it is a labor of love. And Hosea 2.14 talks about, let me read that. Therefore, behold, God says, I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. So yes, there's, it, they don't deny Deuteronomy. The text doesn't deny there are serpents and scorpions and dryness and all of those things. But for the Lord, he's near and he speaks tenderly and it is for our good. And so this word to do good that I just read from Deuteronomy 8, the Hebrew word is yatav, and there's the Strong's number. And I thought this was just really helpful in understanding even what does it mean God to do good for us? What does that mean? It's like, is this for your own good? Maybe your parents said that to you or something. This is a different kind of good. This is to make a thing good, beautiful, pleasing, glad, and joyful. So that's, a, again, that's just a whole different understanding of what it means for God to do good for us in the wilderness. And that's a beautiful thing. And so speaking of the nearness of God and growing in intimacy with him in this very place, because really we're out of our comfort zone, right? When we're walking through a difficult season, 
we're out of our comfort zone and it's often unfamiliar territory and we don't really know where we're supposed to go or how it's going to go and any of that and so this is the place where the, our bridegroom god comes in with a greater nearness and a tenderness and so a couple of more scriptures that speak to this wilderness time from god's heart from song of songs 8 5 it says who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved and then hosea 2 16 it will come about in that day declares the lord that you will call me ishi my husband and will no longer call me baali my master and so this is that labor of love that i was just mentioning that god is near and he desires to draw us closer and so in the wilderness is where we learn how to lean on our beloved we come up leaning out of that place and so that's more a kind of i was speaking to some personal experience and our sort of our individual call and our individual experience in the wilderness but there's also this corporate preparation of god's people and these are this is just a few again just an example some examples of those of God's people who were prepared in the wilderness. So Moses was in the wilderness as a shepherd for 40 years, learning to process his pain so he could walk out his purpose with purity to then lead a people out of bondage and into freedom. So his first 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness, and then of course, leading the people through the wilderness. But there was a purpose to why God had him there. The Israelites were raised up from slavery into sons and daughters. God took them out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. In the wilderness, Israel became a nation and a covenant people prepared to possess their promise from God. Elijah, we've just really heard a great in-depth teaching on Elijah and his life. He was ministered to in the wilderness, as we know, for 40 days. And after his encounter with God on Mount Horeb, which is Sinai, the place of covenant, Elijah came out with an assignment to father a generation. So he had a new assignment for the next half of his life. John the Baptist, in the spirit of Elijah, John was prepared in the wilderness with a message of repentance, forgiveness, reconciliation, and obedience, all of it pointing to the person of Jesus. In turn, then, once he came out of the wilderness, John prepared his generation to receive the ministry of the Messiah. And I put here 30 years question mark. And if someone knows for sure, please correct me. I base this on the fact that the only thing I could find in the text in Luke 1:80, it said John lived in the desert until the day of his public appearance to Israel. And in the in that culture of that day, a young man was considered prepared and release into his public ministry at the age of 30. And we think about Jesus at the same thing. So that's why I drew a conclusion that John the Baptist was probably prepared in the wilderness his first 30 years of his life. And then of course, Jesus was ministered to in the wilderness for 40 days. And during and after his time of testing, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit and he began to preach and proclaim the kingdom of heaven at hand. So in the wilderness, God spoke to each one of these. He ministered to them 
and he prepared them for what lay ahead for the time they were living in. And so he does with us. So this is, again, not exhaustive list, but this is some ways that watchmen are prepared in the wilderness. Again, purpose to your wilderness seasons. And this first bullet point is a quote from Rania at the Elijah Summit back in April. This, this was just such a great quote, I thought, that I wrote it down word for word. She said, the Lord is highlighting the preparation of a people as arrows ready to be shot out. Unprepared people will miss the visitation. In the wilderness, the way of the Lord is prepared. In the wilderness, we are prepared. And in the wilderness, God forms us into a covenantal bridal company and a corporate prophetic voice to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so that's weighty, I think, and that is, it's rich, it's not easy, but it's vital. And as we are being prepared, even in this, in our generation for this hour we're in, I think this is really, this is a really grounding, helping to give some understanding. And this, you might see this little red arrow down here, um, when I was putting together the slides, I was just grabbing photos that either I had taken or some people on our team, pretty much that's where I borrowed these photos from. And I was just grabbing different photos to use as background. And so I, I like this one. So I put it in for this slide. And I kid you not, I did not know until I'd made the slide about preparing the way of the Lord that I noticed, oh, look, there's a highway. <laughs> there's a highway in the desert. And it's cleared, and there's one here that's still in progress. But here's one, here's a, literally a cleared highway. So again, I just took that as sweet little confirmation from the Lord. Yep, this is what we're doing. So we come out of the wilderness. So there is purpose in the time we're in. We experience his nearness. We may not really experience it or fully understand it at the time. Often this kind of understanding and process comes in hindsight after we've come out but we do come out of the wilderness like jesus in the power of the holy spirit and this is what i call some of the fruit of our wilderness seasons and again you may not be if you're especially if you're in the middle of one or you're maybe just coming out of one that's been difficult you might not think yeah i don't know if any of this happened but trust me and be encouraged that in time, this is the fruit and this is fruit that remains. This is what Jesus is after. And this is what he's bringing forth in us by the spirit. We come out of the wilderness strengthened in prayer and hearing the voice of the Lord even more clearly than we already do. We come out with deeper fruit of the spirit, having our character formed and going low in humility and demonstrations of the spirit when we come out with in the power of the holy spirit we have the spirit in us then there will be demonstrations of his power that's our ministry whatever our ministry looks like individually we come out of the wilderness built up as mature watchmen in our individual corporate and end time call we come out of the wilderness often with an assignment as a spiritual mother and father it's like I said, sometimes we go in one way, we come out the other. We say that a lot 
but it really is true. And often there are new assignments, just like Elijah came down from Sinai with a whole new assignment to father a generation and Elisha and the school of the prophets. We come out of the wilderness in the power of the, sorry, in the power of the spirit of Elijah with a message to restore families and call a fatherless generation back to God. And we come out of the wilderness with a mandate for the transformation of nations. And the way that happens, it's incremental. We start off with our own character being formed, shaped in, with humility and refinement. And then we take that to our families, our, our biological families, our spiritual families, our communities, and then in our nation. And as nations are transformed, then the power, I'm sorry, as we're transformed and families and communities are transformed, it's going to lead to the transformation of nations. But this comes in out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, wait a second. Can you, Deborah, can you just go back to that for just a minute? Yeah. That whole, what you're just saying now and that whole slide is so important. And this is, this is where God it wants to take us in the watch. And I'm wondering if you can take this, it's on the slide and we can look at the, go back and look at the recording. But I'm wondering if you can put this slide, if the information on the slide, if it's possible for you to put it in the, in the chat, or perhaps if you can't do that right now, maybe you can put it in the journey. The, in the signal group, maybe? The signal group, yeah. Yeah, I, I could do like a screenshot. I can't, I don't know that I can do anything with it right now. My my computer yeah. is kind of old too. But I could totally do a screenshot and then put it in the signal thread. I just, this is so rich, this teaching, Deborah, and I just don't want to, don't want us to miss it. And I, and it is, it's so important that we understand that a wilderness experience isn't just about the enemy. It's oftentimes the Lord is, the Lord is, has a purpose in it. And, and it is, it's so important that we get that so that we don't misunderstand or misinterpret what God is doing during the, those, these wilderness times. That's a great, that's a great point, Fred. And I'm, it reminds me that when it talks about Jesus, it says he was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was tempted. Right. The devil came, what, four, four times, I think. But, right. but it was the Holy Spirit that's, that drove him there, as it says. So there is, again, it's, there's purpose in that of the Lord. And it was necessary. And if Jesus needed it, I guess we could probably say it would be good for us to do that too. But yeah, it's, it was necessary for the, for the power. I, it's hard to say because Jesus was without sin, right? It's not like he needed the refining and the humbling, but there was a purpose to the Lord bringing him into the wilderness. So I just agree with your point. And I think that yeah. it is important to emphasize. Thank you for saying that so i will make a note to do a screenshot there actually never mind susan my lovely wife has already oh she's on it has already put it in the lady okay awesome yeah yeah so go ahead go ahead actually do take a picture of this too though deborah okay it's hard to copy this off onto a word document but uh, yeah this is absolutely tremendous Oh, I see what you, okay. You were like copy paste kind of a thing. Okay. Either way, we'll, I'll make sure we get that there. And you know what? I bet you, I'm hoping we have a little time for 
like discussion or reflection on some of this after I'm done. And I think we could probably add to this list. I, this isn't exhaustive and this isn't, yeah. But thank you for highlighting that. I think we can just sit with that for a minute, but there's just a ton there. And we have the biblical precedent to inform that as well. Okay, so let me go. This is actually just a little transition slide because I am going to shift to the next topic on the, the coming month. And this was just a really pretty picture. Danya Duggleby was on our team. She's a just a gifted photographer. She actually took this out of the window of a moving bus. And so you, if you look at it closely, you could probably tell, but it's still just, I thought it was still just a stunning photo. And it was sunset over the desert. It was after we were coming back from Petra. And the reason I put this in here is, is to transition to talking about the new month that Rosh Chodesh, the head of the month, the biblical month Tammuz, which begins, I, want to, I was going to say tomorrow, but it's already tomorrow to a lot of you, June 19th. So Monday, June 19th at sundown is when the new moon and the new month begins. And before I even launch into this topic, I don't have a whole lot to say on it because I first want to give acknowledgement and honor to Lynette, who is a part of the Global Watch. She might, I don't know if she's on this call now, but she's, she's in Mount Carmel and she has, I have learned so much from her on the Rosh Chodesh. And I know it's something she said she's studied for, I don't know, 30 plus years. And if you haven't caught her, listened to her too, she did a two-part teaching, I think January and February of this year on Rosh Chodesh. There is, it's not just, it's biblical, it's packed with information, but it's packed with revelation. And it, I really feel like it is a now, it's a now understanding. It's ancient. And it's part of God's calendar, but it's like it's being uncovered and released. And we're learning about it now. Why? Because I feel like the Lord wants to reveal more to us in that. So Lynette, if you're listening, thank you for what you have shared. And I'm just looking forward to gleaning more on that. And also, I know, I think it was at the beginning of this year, Sue and Fred, as the watch leadership had said, you really wanted to begin to move more into all of the festivals, all of the fullness of God's calendar, but the Rosh Chodesh specifically, I remember being highlighted. And honestly, I hadn't, I knew about the months and I knew about some of the calendar, but I hadn't really clued into Rosh Chodesh and encourage you all to listen to those teachings because I'm not going to even touch that. She's done an amazing job, but sunset tomorrow. Sorry, I keep saying tomorrow, June 19th, Monday, wherever you are is the begins the biblical month of Tammuz. And Tammuz is the fourth month of the biblical year. And I just wanted to highlight a few things about it. There was some real key and tie it together with the wilderness teaching. You might be thinking, what does this have to do with what I just talked about the wilderness? Well, there were some very key biblical events that took place during Tammuz. And when Israel was in the wilderness, now, Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years, so things happen every month for them. But this particular month, there is just a real weight, and it's really fraught. I feel like there's warning and alert, like an alertness for us to pay attention to during Tammuz. And this, just again, a few things that I wanted to just highlight what took place in the month of Tammuz when Israel was in the wilderness. 
in Exodus 32, they formed the golden calf and worshiped it and said, this is your God who took you out of Egypt. As Moses was up on the mountain receiving the covenant, God's marriage proposal to his people. So literally on the wedding night, Israel was committing idolatry with another. And this took place on 17 Tammuz. And we know what happened from there. 17 Tammuz begins a three-week period called, some call it the dire straits or between the straits. And the Hebrew is Hametzarim. And that comes from Lamentations 1 verse 3. And this three-week period starts on 17 Tammuz. It culminates on the ninth of commemorating the destruction of the first and second temples. 17 Tammuz is when the walls to Jerusalem were breached in the first temple period. And then within three weeks, on the three weeks later, the first, both the first and second temple were destroyed on the same date, many years apart. The month, and Tammuz is also the month that the 12 spies were in the promised land as they were sent out to, to spy out the land. They return on the 9th of Og, and that story is found in Numbers 13, and we know what happened with that. They had two, Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report. They were, yeah, yes, there's giants. Yes, there's opposition. Yes, there's all those things, but we are well able, and God has promised, so we can take this. We can do this, and the other 10 were in fear and said no, and did not basically did not believe God and did not believe his promise to them and the consequences that came from that as well that was on the ninth of August and there are many extra biblical historical events that took place on the ninth of August as well and I didn't list those and there's probably a really long list and I'm sure some of y'all know way more than I do but this is the day that the, the couple that I remember were the Jews were expelled from England in the 1200s on the 9th of Av. They were expelled from Spain in 1492 on the 9th of Av. And there were, there was actually some earlier things. I think the Bar Kokhba rebellion was taking place around that same time. So in any case, my point is, these are key events. And as watchmen prepared, we need to be able to see, we need to be able to navigate the straits. And as prepared watchmen, we will see. We will see what's ahead. And it's the car. We will know the times and seasons. And we will know what Israel ought to do. We will know what we ought to do individually and as a prophetic company. And so this is a couple of, this is a takeaway of what I feel is important to keep watch and for navigating, because we know the straits, think about the literal straits is when a ship is trying to get through, it's a very tight fit, right? There's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of wiggle room. And you have to be careful that you don't crash or anything. So this is the month to guard our hearts, our words, and our eyes. This is the month to worship God and not the golden calf and trust his word, take him at his word, and trust his promise, believe his promises to you. And let me just say this, these points I'm making, 
yes, this is, we're supposed to do these all the time. This isn't just one month a year. We have to do this. I think you know what I'm saying, but I do feel again, the weight on the month we're entering into and that we would see what's ahead and know what to do. God has already laid it out for us. This is a month where covenantal alignment is key. And maybe it's a realignment. It's like Lynette has said, I love this. She goes, every month is like a fresh start. Every month is a fresh time to realign, sign up again, all of those things. The mercy of God is that we're able to have these fresh starts and realignments. And my question, this is my takeaway, thinking about Israel in the wilderness and the way that they, but I was just pointing out the way they sinned in the wilderness when they had God's presence, they had his word, they had provision, they had all the things that I just pointed out. Look at what we get when we're in the wilderness. Israel had that too. And yet choices were made that were not in alignment with his heart and his word. And so my question and what we can ponder is whose voice in the wilderness in this month, whose voice will we listen to and whose report will we believe? So I I felt the Lord to highlight this as a watchman who will see and obey. And we are entering into a new month. And I want to just say happy Rosh Kodesh, because as Lynette has said, this is a time we have an appointment with our king. Every new moon is an appointment with our king to meet with him. So let's celebrate no matter where we find ourselves this month, no matter what personal circumstances it's not to deny them, but it's also to say, let's celebrate what the Lord has done and is doing and is saying. So with that, here we go. <laughs> this is my last slide. Here's Lynette on the left. And then I believe that's Ruth. And I don't know who the other lady is. This was in Israel when she did a teaching with us on Rosh Kodesh. So we say, sound the trumpets, watchmen, prepare the way. Our bridegroom is coming. Amen and amen. Wow, Deborah, that is so good, so rich. Very glad that we record these sessions because there's much to. Thank you. uh, Oh, go ahead. I think Lynette is on. Lynette, did you want to make a comment? Yeah, I thought, well, she's on. I'm going to say this with fear and trembling, but I'm so blessed by her teaching. I'm really stirred by it. (laughs) So I had to go there. (laughs) <laughs> Deborah, I'm very stirred by your teaching today. So all that my comment was so excellent and amen, amen. Thank I think you. The thing to grab onto is that in Hosea is he loves us so much that he woos us into that wilderness. Who wouldn't want to be wooed into the wilderness? And we stand in then and we sing in that door of hope. He makes the valley of Achor a door of hope. Yes. And that's why we sing and we blast those trumpets in the door of hope that we can rejoice in a wilderness, those wilderness experiences, because it's our bridegroom just refining us and having a bride that's like you demonstrate so clearly of equal character and equal humility. So thank you so much for this. It was very rich. Thank you. Thank you, Lynette. That, that, that means a lot to me. And I love how you expanded on the Hosea piece because you're right. It is, it, the wilderness becomes a door. The door of what? The door of trouble becomes a door of hope. That's an important point. That whole Hosea 2 passage is really rich if anybody's taking notes. 
Sue, I, I didn't have a planned anything. I don't know if you want to open it up for a reflection or if you had something or how do you want to do? We got, I don't know, seven, eight minutes left. Yeah, we, we can't open it up to everybody or else we're going to go end up going way over. I think that we could have a couple people make some comments. I'd just like to make this comment, which is obvious in one way, but but it's also really important that we really understand it, is that without wilderness experiences, we would not be able to, God would be unable to prepare us for to walk in the fullness of everything that he has for us. So wilderness experiences, we might, we don't necessarily ask for them. And in fact, we, most of us try to avoid them, <laughs> which is understandable. But yeah. when we're in them, we have to really understand that God has a purpose in that. And it's a, it is a preparation purpose. And I, you're really, everything that you're saying in this hour, really, to me, that highlights, that's, that's to me, that's one of the highlights. So again, thank you for your teaching. I don't know, well, Sue, if you. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to say one more time, I've said it a couple of times because I really am tender about if someone's in a season like that now that, and you might be looking at all this and thinking, I don't, I don't see that fruit. I don't feel that. I don't hear it. Just, I, I don't want you to, I, I want you to be encouraged that the Lord is near and he says he's near in his word. You'll feel his nearness and you will come out. You will come out leaning. You will come out singing. It will become a door of hope. And in hindsight, sometimes it takes a while to see that, that fruit and that strengthening that God is doing. So I don't want anyone to, to feel hopeless or discouraged as a result of this. That's just tender on my heart. So I wanted to just say that. Obviously, your, your wilderness experience, Deborah, prepared you for the message tonight to impact many. And I would have to say, I wanted to emphasize your slide that it is in the wilderness where we gain the power of the Holy Spirit, where we get rid of ourselves and God comes in and restructures us and nurtures us in the way that we should go. And so in an age where things are the instant, the instant cash, the instant answers, we have, I want to encourage us all on the line here that God is, we've got a generation that really needs spiritual mothers and fathers to nurture them along the way and help them in these experiences where they, I'm not hearing anything. I might as well just go down the street and take some drugs or whatever. That's, that's an exaggeration, but we are in it. Father, I pray for all of us that have been through those valleys and those wilderness experiences or those of us who are in it, Father, that you would breathe upon it, fresh revelation on how to use those valleys, those experiences to nurture and to speak into the lives around us. Father, I pray for doors to open even this week for people who have heard this message to impact and influence those around us, to encourage them in the way that they should go. Amen. Amen. Sue, I'd like to have, I'd like to have Jenny Hager make a comment as the Lord leads her and then just, just pray for us. Jenny's been through all kinds of different seasons in her life and in her ministry and has certainly been in, I would guess, many more than just one wilderness experience. And so I think what you have to say, Jenny, will, will really 
bring it will bring a reality to the, many of the things that Deborah's been teaching on. So go ahead, Jenny, if you'd like to unmute yourself. What a wonderful teaching, Deborah. Uh, if only so many years ago I'd have heard your message. I think I my first wilderness journey, I would have coped a lot better. But I look back on all the times where the Lord has put me in the wilderness and everything Deborah is saying is so true. But at the time, you can't see it. And I remember one whole year, having been through a time of really hearing the Lord clearly and really walking closely with him for a year, he seemed to withdraw his voice from me. And People would give me words, I'd read the Bible, I'd pray, I'd do everything, but it all seemed to bounce off. And I was desolate, I was struggling, I couldn't understand what he was doing with me. I came under a religious spirit that I wasn't doing enough, so I strived more, prayed more, tried more. That didn't work either, so I learned that does not work. And he was trying to bring me to a place of abiding in him, trusting in him, letting him carry me through this journey. And then one day I was vacuuming. I remember I was vacuuming and suddenly he spoke and he said, I will teach you the way you're to go. I will keep my eye on you. I fell to the floor and I just sobbed and sobbed. And I wasn't even taking in what he said. I just said, you're back, you're back your back and after that I came out of that season with a new empowering on my life a new calling and I look back now and I believe everything that Deborah is teaching us is the way that it does go it's different for all of us some wildernesses are very testing some aren't so bad but I think what Sue has said we need mothers and fathers and people around us to not bring Job's word to us that we're failing. <laughs> Be careful of Job's word. Gather around you people who have been on wilderness walks because they understand and they're there to support you and encourage you knowing you will come out of this and you will come out of it. And more in knowing the Lord more, you will know him more because of this journey. So I just hope those words bless a few people. Amen. Would you like to just pray for us, Jenny, that we, because we all, I think all of us can relate to this in a different way, but we do, one of your points that we do need each other. This is so important. We can't, it's not, we aren't meant to go through these experiences just by ourselves. So go ahead, Jenny, and just pray for us, would you? Father, we thank you for this message from Deborah, and we hear your voice in it, Father. We know that you are guiding us and we, Lord, we ask for you to strengthen us all, whether we're in a place at the moment that we are in the wilderness or walking through this season that, that you personally have us in, or maybe you have the ministry that people are in that season, or whether, Lord, we're there strengthening those that are going through this at the moment. We thank you, Father, for your guidance, your, the power of your Holy Spirit. You are faithful. You, I hear the voice saying, be still and know that I am God. Lord, that's my prayer that as we travel through the wilderness, Father, that we can be still in it, that we not be bruised in it. But the Lord doesn't want to bruise us in it. He's bringing us through it. 
for his kingdom purposes, to the glory of his name. And so, Father, that's what we pray over all our lives. I bless every person on this call and those watching it later, Father, on YouTube. Lord, that, we, that everybody be strengthened by this word and know that the wilderness is a glorious place because you are there with us in it. And that is the key of it all. You are there with us. You are closely there. You are leading us through. And we rejoice at that, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Amen. Jane. Deborah, do you have any final comments you want to make? And then Sue, you can give announcements and then we'll close after that. No, just thank you all for joining and for your sharing of your insights. I was trying to look at the comments and also Jenny and Lynette and those who shared. Thank you. you. I'm just taking notes. There's more on this and I feel like more will come as we sit with it. So thank you. Yeah. May the Lord give you more, even more wisdom and insights, Deborah, and we can we can look at having you back as well. And I, again, thank you for the labor that you put into this and it's very powerful. Sue Rao, would you like to, would you have any announcements before we close? No, but I just pray that everybody that heard this message would take it to heart because I believe God, we are in a, a narrow strait actually now, and he is preparing us for the season ahead. So it's a very vital message for us all. And thank you all for joining us today. Yeah. So thank you. Anna from Canada, would you like to unmute yourself and close us off in prayer? I would love to. Thank you. I was asking, I was out for a walk before the session started tonight, and I just said, Abba, how do you see Deborah? And uh, do you want to hear what he said, Deborah? He said, this is a prophetic Berean. Carefully listen to her teaching. And so I just share that with everyone. If you get an opportunity to go back through this again, this is a prophetic Berean in Abba's eyes. And I'm beginning to see he's had me stop for some time. So before I pray on the lamp in the menorah, of knowledge. And I'm seeing he handpicked you, Deborah, for this message right now as we're entering into the dire straits, because you have experiential knowledge of this purposeful preparation in the desert. You walked it through back, whatever that year was, 2015, that you shared with us tonight. And that is what has prepared you in your spirit to bring forth a word of this weight. So Father, I just cover the word that Deborah has shared. And this is the whole Elijah summons that the messenger is the message. And here she is demonstrating it. Father, this is holy ground tonight. And I, I just pray that you cover the words and cover the messenger with the blood of the lamb, Father, and have us all realize we are entering into very precious times with you together. This is a corporate invitation to go into a deeper level of intimacy, a treasure we should all realize in one another, what we can draw on in our sister Deborah that she carries of you, Father, is a gift to us. And we receive it tonight in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Everybody unmute yourselves. Wait for each other. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Deborah. And Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Bless you all. Bless you all. Bless you. We love you all. Bless you, Deborah. Yes.